Hey, this is To All The YA I've Loved Before. A podcast where a couple of 30-something-year-old BFFs revisit the young adult fiction from their childhood. And dive into all the newer YA from the past couple of years to find out how the genre has grown and changed. I'm Ashley Spicer. I'm Casey Racer. This season, we're writing Dear Diary in our composition notebooks with our favorite fluffy pink pens as we explore YA journal and epistolary style books. Ridiculous. I'm on a diet coke. <laughs> what a week That's it's been. Never good. <laughs> Awful. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hey how you. Are, how are you today? I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. It has been a while. We have had to reschedule several several times for various <laughs> reasons, including <laughs> Ashley's <laughs> electricity being out for like how many hours? Uh like 20 21 hours almost a full day and then like little ones here and there too there's like a two-hour stint a four-hour like it's not not great but we're back up and running (laughs) (laughs) we're chugging along so we're good we are good and today we are continuing with our theme of um, diaries or journals of teens struggling with substance use and um, issues that go along with that connecting to our episode of go ask alice last time and this is much much different my goodness (laughs) i have to admit that i'm i only took notes for half of this book because i was crying so hard i literally oh my god take notes it's so sad it's It's so so sad. sad but also like hopeful yeah no it's it's really good but um so yeah let's like do a quick content warning if you want to throw it out yeah so there there's a lot um in here about teen substance use um overdose death by overdose um and i guess it's really not much else like Mm. there's not that's kind of yeah that's (laughs) That's refreshing yeah wow (laughs) okay but yeah that that is the main theme of this book is is substance use and um, death by overdose. So this book that we're talking about today is Things I'll Never Say by Cassandra Newbold. And it's a new one from June 2023. So not even a year ago. Okay, I, my brain can't think. And I was like, is this book out yet? Because this is June. And I was right. like, oh, it's 2020. Wait, that was last Fire. year. <laughs> I know. Like when I was doing, I was like, oh, that's this year. I was like, no, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> but like, when close. do you think it is in the year? I, I don't know. So a little about the author, Cassandra Newbold. She is author of young adult and middle grade fiction and also creator and host of the Fat Like Me podcast. Oh. So she's very uh, vocal about more representation of fat characters especially being main characters and not just like the funny fat friend um and also people with disabilities and just different types of people being main character rather than just what we've been used to seeing just your able-bodied white skinny conventionally attractive person so love to see it great (laughs) yeah and this is her debut novel oh wow yeah like it's amazing very impressive yeah 
Absolutely. But she does have some other one that's out and one that's coming out. Um, there's Everybody Shines, and that is um, an anthology, an intersectional feminist YA anthology from 16 different authors. She is one of them, and then she's also the editor. I saw that there is a foreword by Aubrey Gordon, um, aka, I think it's uh, they're my fat friend who uh, does the oh. podcast maintenance phase, which is all about diet culture and diet myths and mm, one of my favorite podcasts. Ah, I have not listened to that. I should. But that sounds good. And then she also has one coming out not until next summer, summer 2025, called If I Survive, set in post-apocalyptic Seattle, where healthcare is currency and the privileged live in weatherproof domed cities. And the main character is a disabled medical mercenary who fights for health equity. So it's like, I that sounds will like be super interesting that. and unique. Yes. And that sounds great. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I'm I that's on my list now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, I didn't find too much about her. But yeah, definitely want to read her other other stuff and maybe check out the podcast too. Yeah, I'm uh, absolutely. I didn't know that she had a podcast, but I am definitely going to be reading Everybody Shines. Oh, yeah. Is it yeah. is it like um? so it's an anthology? So it's like fictional short stories. Yeah, perfect. I think 16 of them. And I think it's all um, fat characters. So, yeah, love it. So we can get into a little summary of the book and. I don't want to give too much away, so there's not going to be um, too much of the the story here, but not too much of the innards. <laughs> yeah, the innards, <laughs> the the guts. <laughs> but one thing I really appreciated is that the very first thing in this book is a dear reader letter, which is basically like a a trigger warning, a, a content warning in itself, and mm-hmm. it tells you that they're going to talk about. Well, okay, so with with the trigger warnings that we did say, I guess there is also, (laughs) there are other ones. (laughs) Um, They talk about rage, anxiety, panic, depression, ADHD, biphobia, and internalized fat phobia. And personally, as someone with ADHD, I appreciate the, the representation there also, because I feel like a lot of times when ADHD is mentioned, it's like in the context of like how you're inconveniencing other people. (laughs) Yeah. I've never really like thought about that until I was like seeing her descriptions of it and like how the character struggles with it. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's like not really shown ever. It's just like, oh, you were late. You didn't turn this in. You are messing everything up. So, yes, I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot, too. And also, I'm sure we'll get more to it. But um, she also talks about how her, like the differences between like being diagnosed as a as a child that's a boy and a Mm -hmm. child that's a girl yeah Mm -hmm. and how like it's not taken seriously as a girl and like you you have had experience with that ridiculous yeah I I really liked that point a lot Mm -hmm. yeah she mentions how her brother was able to be diagnosed like immediately at like I don't remember what age she said but very young like seven eight something like that and took her until she was a teenager and a lot of times it takes a lot longer than that um but with a lot of different things not just um adhd but also with autism Mm -hmm. with learning disabilities yeah um yeah i've heard that a lot like yeah because just like with everything else in our society it was 
first only studied in white males. So. What? <laughs> I know, shocker. But yeah, we're finally like starting to recognize the differences and things. Um, and more Love of that. that, please. Yeah. Please, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So yes, our main character is Casey. <gasps> Interesting. Different spelling, regular, <laughs> typical spelling, I guess you would say. Um, wow. Casey. <laughs> Hurtful. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Casey is a bisexual surfer girl, and she is uh, just graduating from high school. It takes place like right before she graduates and then through um, summer after senior year. And it's not a traditional diary, but it is a journal that's a series of letters written to who we soon find out is her uh, twin brother, Sammy, who died 17 months ago. The twinness of it is what uh, killed me the most, I think. I know. It's awful. Like, to, I'm sure it's just such like a connection and bond to mm. lose that. Ugh. Yeah. I, I like cannot even begin to tell you and the listener like how much I cried during like I have not <laughs> cried that hard in Aww. so long the only other book that has like gotten me this emotional was speak mm-hmm. which did but like this one had me just like every time I would literally like dry my eyes and be okay I yeah. would be <laughs> reading like it something and else <laughs> it was just it was waterfalls. Yeah. So, actually, content, content warning for that. You will probably cry. Yeah. Like it is yeah, very, definitely. very upsetting in some points, but mm-hmm. so good. So worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she is writing these journals. Her therapist recommended that she start journaling and then burning the journals. Um, so she has been doing that, writing a journal a month and then burning them. She did skip a month before this journal starts because she was too overwhelmed there's too much going on in her life and also she has been taking pills herself so she does she has prescribed pills um it sounds like she well they mentioned xanax by name Mm -hmm. and then it sounds like she has or sometimes does currently take um, some kind of adhd medication also Um, but then she's also taking opiates some kind of opiates that are not prescribed to her she's been obtaining them illegally (laughs) well yeah she talks about well she first found them in her brother's room yeah yeah so yeah we learned that her brother died of of an opiate overdose i i kind of like that we don't get a lot of answers for that Mm -hmm. yeah because i kind of expected it to um unlike unravel throughout the story and like you get bits Mm -hmm. and pieces obviously and there's like these Parts that kind of like ellipse ellipses off, like dot dot yeah. dot, and never pick back up. But it's right. not in a way that um is annoying, like in Go Ask Alice. No, no, it's like you know the the writer like can't bring herself to finish her thought of like actually losing her brother, and doesn't have all the answers. Right? Yeah, she doesn't really know what happened exactly. So she also in that point mentions Kylie and Scott, who were friends that Sammy was starting to hang out with more towards the end of his life. And Casey did not like them even before any of this happened. She was kind of like, felt like they were taking her brother away from from her. But then also it sounds like they provided um, the pills 
mm-hmm. that he overdosed on. So um, she's very upset with them. She tells the story <laughs> about how they she ended up like smoking pot with them in the parking lot at school and they got caught and then he blamed it on her <gasps> and the stash was hers. I was so, so mad because she tried <laughs> know, to right? like throw them off. They're, that whole, okay, that scene is kind of chaotic because she kind mm-hmm. of talks about like how she's sitting in class and this girl has her period and yeah. the teacher who's a male teacher well, will let not go. let her go to the bathroom. And so she like distracts Ugh. them and like hands her a tampon. And I was like, oh, yeah, fancy girl, you're Amazing. so cool. Yeah. And then she tries to like when she gets caught out in the parking lot, she tries to like throw off the scent to the like assistant principal mm-hmm. and then yeah the guy tells scott tells on her and i yeah. was like yeah you're like, a really garbage right yeah so there's that and then they're mentioned kind of intermittently throughout but then we have our other main characters are ben and frankie who ben frankie casey and sammy are the uh scar squad is what they <laughs> call themselves <laughs> Glad you have to say that because I cannot. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's only two words, two one syllable words. But <laughs> I, I think when I kept on trying to say it, I was like saying like Skarsgård. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. They're part of the Skarsgård family. <laughs> right. Uh, so Casey has had a crush on Ben for many years and Sammy knew that and he promised or he made Casey promise that she would tell Ben before they graduated that she likes him. So throughout this, she's like struggling with that and wants to keep her promise. But of course, you know, it's always hard to tell someone you like him, especially if you're best friends with them and it may possibly ruin your friendship. Yeah. That's rough. Especially (laughs) when it's someone who's like holding you together so much after a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We discover that Casey realized that she also is in love with Frankie, <laughs> the other member of the Scar Squad. <laughs> yeah. And she has never realized this, but as she's thinking about it more, she feels like she probably has liked her for a long time and just didn't couldn't yeah. bring herself to um, admit it. And Frankie is a is a lesbian and like she talks about how um, she doesn't know if Frankie even likes bisexual girls. Yeah. You know, and that's part mm-hmm. of like the biphobia that they right. kind of hit on. Internalized mm-hmm. biphobia. Yep. Um, so then we get them at a graduation party where Casey does decide to tell Ben and he turns out that he likes her too and they kiss. She loves it, it's great. And then Casey sees Frankie making out with this other girl, Rain, who <laughs> Casey hates. I was like, I could see myself hating Rain. <laughs> Yeah, it seemed she wasn't that great. But Casey's very upset about this and that confuses her more because she's like, you know, I like Ben, uh, but I also like Frankie. I don't know what to do. She right away then finds out that her grandpa, um, her no, 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 I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it, but Mm -hmm. uh, her grandpa had passed away and they were going to see her grandma for a while and um, kind of take care of things and have the funeral. I thought this part was interesting and good, but it seemed a bit unrealistic. Okay, pl- please tell me. She talked about feeling like anxious and embarrassed when Ben touched her stomach when they were kissing, which normal. I mean, people feel that, of course, but 
she then talks about when she first realized that she was like different and that she was bigger than other people. And she said that it was right before they started middle school, they were having this like sleepover and they were eating pizza and donuts and stuff. And then there was a commercial saying nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And that was a message we got a lot. But yeah, I sure did. <laughs> we definitely did. Thanks for but that. But the part that was unrealistic to me is that in, in the span of like a few minutes, she goes from being like completely unaware of it to like being really concerned about it and like embarrassed and scared that people won't like her anymore to then she like goes and cries in the bathroom. And then she immediately is like, no, I'm actually fine. I'm going to love my body forever. And of course she like still struggles with it later on. And she says like, you know, I still have insecurities, but I just feel like that little part, just like in that such a short amount of time, she went through all of those stages. (laughs) seems like a lot. I agree. And I think it has a lot to do with like, I don't know, kind of the way that we like, I love all of the great evolutions of contemporary YA, but I feel like Mm -hmm some stories will just like not let their characters be flawed to a point where it makes things like that so unrealistic yeah like she has to be so like sure about her body because Mm -hmm. like it is like it is shitty that all of the stories that we get or got for a while are about how like Mm -hmm. fat people hate themselves and should hate themselves you know what i mean um like yeah and it shouldn't not all stories should have to be that way Mm mm-hmm like, I like that they're not all that way. And I like how she does yeah. have this moment where she kind of thinks about her stomach and how she, like how old she was and the messages that she received from the media. But mm-hmm. I do agree that it's just like kind of wrapped up in a neat little bow. And I think that that's yeah. even worse because it like right. I think it should have been something she just struggles with the entire time. But is yeah. sure of herself 95 percent of the time. Exactly. Yeah. Because I feel like that is kind of what with the society that we have, like, yes, you sh- you should love yourself as you are and appreciate the body that you're in and all that. But there are just so many messages that we've gotten and that we still get. And to just like immediately be like, no, I'm sure of myself now, especially if she, when you're going into middle school, you're what, like 11. Yeah. That's a very young age to be like, so, so sure of yourself. Yeah. It's, it's an age where like, I think that would have definitely been a good opportunity to been like, I thought about that, that night and like I'm like I said like usually like I'm very okay with myself but like it still creeps in there and I think that that would have been totally fine but I think yeah unfortunately it's like we want these other stories where like you are Mm -hmm. it's hard to um convey the complexities of human beings in stories in that way so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to have moments like that but I agree I thought that that was something that I didn't like that much yeah, especially like this. That's not really what the story is about. It's just mm-hmm. part of who she Casey is. is. So just like I understand why it was there. But I, yeah, I just think it could have been done a little bit differently. I do really like this passage from that entry. The only person you should ever need to feel good enough for is yourself. It's the longest yeah. relationship you'll ever have with somebody. So why make it a toxic one? Yes. I love that sentiment so much. And I mm-hmm. think that she could think that at the same time with like, it's so hard to push past, like literally the it, things that are ingrained in us from the moment we're yeah. born. Yeah, they are. They are. And, you know, I don't I don't know exactly what it 
what it is like now because things have changed a lot, but there's still so much fat phobia. But, yeah. you know, coming from this is a teenager now. So I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of like, you know, body positive things, but yeah, there's still so much. It's it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that we like to idealize the the young the youngins as people yeah. who have self-actualized and <laughs> that's not true. And like, I love right. how far they've come, but they're also not perfect and they're learning there's and they're making mistakes. And... Go. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I appreciate that it was there still, even if it wasn't. I like how um she has this moment where it takes her out of this lovely, lovely little thing between her and Ben where they like ha- finally after all these years. Yeah. He kisses her and they mm-hmm. they're together. And then, you know, he does something so small that mm-hmm. he I'm sure he didn't even think about. Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> and that's like all she can think about for yeah. like a, a minute. And I, I think that that is that is so realistic. Oh, yeah. It's something that you Absolutely. don't see a lot in mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated that part a lot because I definitely have experienced that myself where like, you oh, know, yeah. you're with someone and you're like, not even like touching, but them just seeing you. It's like, you know, <laughs> nerve wracking. No, because even like sometimes like when people like look at me, I'm just like, what are you thinking about? Right. Like, yeah. What is happening? Yeah. I know. And yeah. And especially too, like I have lost a ton of weight recently. And just, like, the amount of, like, compliments I get is, like, mm-hmm. not good, <laughs> you know? It's no. like, why, why are you saying this? Like, like you're saying that I didn't look good before, basically. Yeah, let's just, like, not yeah. talk about each other's bodies. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, like, I've been complimented, like, I, like, I very much, a, like, yo-yo around because yeah. I only have half of a thyroid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and I feel like I do get those compliments all the time and I tell, and I'll be like, please don't say that. And people get so mm-hmm. offended. They're like, I'm complimenting you. And you're like, but you're not, right. it's, you're saying it's, that yeah. as a whole, I'm not good enough unless I weigh less. And exactly. I, uh, yeah, I know. Cause yeah. I even said that she was like, oh, you lost weight. Then I was like, oh, shut up, Casey. Like, don't yeah. say it. Like, and it's like, like, it's different from like you and other like people yeah. that I'm close to because you know, that it's like something that I've struggled with and that it, the reason why I'm losing weight is because I'm finally getting my ADHD treated, which is like, so ridiculous. This could have happened like 20 years ago, but, yeah. <laughs> but it is something that I've like wanted to happen. And like, you know, it's, yeah. it's different, but when it's someone that you're not like super close with, and even, even if, I don't know, it just depends on your relationship with them, how, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because the only time they compliment you is when you are an ideal the yeah. idealized version of a, what a woman should look like, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And that like it, it is like because like I growing up, like I was just like very thin, just like mm-hmm. not like I was just thin. Yeah. And then like getting to be an adult, you know, you you gain weight as yeah. an adult and seeing the way that the world treats me. It has treated me mm-hmm. in these different parts of my life. And I'm sure that you understand that too, because yeah. you have kind of gone like the opposite. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that doesn't feel good either. Like it just never feels right. good to be yeah. to uh be just seen for your how you look and not for exactly any other yeah. part of you. To just yeah. That that is the determinant of how people are gonna treat you is how yeah. how well you fit into this mold of what people think you should be. 
I would say that like that's kind of one of my favorite parts of this book is that there's so many little things in it that like had me thinking about so mm -hmm. many bigger things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably why it hit me so emotionally hard because <laughs> yeah. I was like, kind of, it's a book where you really connect mm -hmm. yourself with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, moving on. So she also then talks about the first time that the Scarred Squad took acid together and yeah. as she says discovered a doorway to the universe um it was valentine's day sophomore year they went surfing and it was a great time but then so milo um their other friend who they don't really talk about much but he was there and um he was driving he was sober and he got pulled over and it turns out that his uncle Vinny, not his cousin Vinny. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's a police officer and they were just fucking with them. yeah <laughs> they made it seem like they were gonna like bring them all to jail but um, they're just messing with them and gave them stickers of junior deputy deputy but also in that moment there's like this really great i you don't i feel like you you hear more about well because this is a diary entry, obviously yeah. so you're not seeing what's happening but you hear more about sammy um her brother then you get to mm -hmm. see scenes like this, obviously. Yeah. And so this was such an important moment where he like calms her down and like takes mm -hmm. her face in his hands. Yeah. It's like a moment where she thinks about a lot because I mean, yeah. as she's thinking about her, their relationship and right. trying to deal with her grief. Yeah. We get a lot of little moments like that where he was really like protective of her and really tried to help her. And then I also really appreciated that she did talk about how like annoying he was and how much they you know sometimes they would fight about things or disagree about things and how she was kind of jealous and she feels guilty though then afterwards yeah. and that's yeah. so real oh yeah absolutely yeah there's so many like just heartbreaking <laughs> yeah some things like just the grief and the guilt that you feel for like any sort of like moving on that you do with your life, you just feel guilty about it because that person is not able to have any more. It's interesting because she kind of has like survivor's guilt without it being like a, because um, you know, usually survivor's guilt is kind of like you're in like an accident together and then yeah. the dies. But like this is kind of survivor's guilt with like life. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. she feels so guilty that she's living her life while yeah. he is not here and doing all these things where they talked about doing together, like graduation yeah. and going to their, uh, what, what the fuck is that party called? Oh, it's a Spody or something. A Spody. <laughs> I had to look that up know, on I've Urban never Dictionary. Heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. From UrbanDictionary.com, <laughs> which I have not looked at in, in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a party, much like a kegger, but instead of beer, you drink and sell mixtures of alcohol and various juices. Interesting. Uh, mostly attended and thrown by high school age students. Five dollars a cup. <laughs> okay. We had similar things, <laughs> like out of a big, like uh, yeah, a wapatui, right? Big plastic cooler. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I've never heard the word spody. No. In my life. No. We. <laughs> This is off topic, which I, I know I say a lot, but um, <laughs> when I moved into the house that we 
so lovingly called uh, Boozy Mountain with <laughs> four older men. Very weird. <laughs> when I was 20 years old, we had for Halloween one year, we had a kegger. We had like three kegs. We knew a lot of like they knew a lot of people, whatever. Yeah. Remember the days when you knew a lot of people? Right. That's weird, right. <laughs> um, and then made one of those in like this big bin. And we had so much left over. And for like a week after, we were just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> like just. <laughs> Choke it down. Yeah. And I was like, the only fruit I've eaten in so long is from this. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, my mom's like, at least you're eating fruit. I guess. <laughs> I want to be 20 There's again. <laughs> right. Just carefree. Just, you know, not taking care of yourself for the least. No. Oh, my God. I miss it. I know. I was so hungover the other day, and I'm just like, I can't move. I was right. like, I can't do this. This is why, like, I, I don't drink like that anymore because it's just, it's, mm-hmm. well, it's bad for you. Right, <laughs> Imagine yeah. that. But I'm like, oh, I'm Surprise, so old. But... <laughs> I'm so old. Yeah. Casey is about to leave um, for the funeral for her grandpa. Ben comes over and gives her his lucky sweatshirt that smells like him. And Aww. it's a very sweet moment. She's Remember those like, days? It smells like home. Yeah. I thought it was funny. She's like, I'm not whipped. <laughs> i'm like now now me and ryan just smell the same because we use all the same soap and the same deodorant the same laundry yeah. detergent. I'm just like, I just, we just smell like each other Aww. we've That's morphed too, into though. one smelly yeah. little person so stinky <laughs> so stinky <laughs> <laughs> he leaves ben leaves and then frankie comes over and she can tell something's up because casey is wearing the sweatshirt and she's acting weird casey doesn't want to tell her right away she says she'll call her when she gets there whatever um and then frankie and casey hug and they go to kiss each other on the cheek as they usually do but then casey turns at the last second and their lips brush they have like this brief little kiss and it's like electricity (laughs) you know yeah. Uh, and then we get to hear the story of why they call themselves the Scar Squad, which is ridiculous. Oh my God. Ridiculous. Uh, in fourth grade, they were playing horse and a kid tripped over his scooter and ran into them, causing them all to like crash into each other. <laughs> like just there were broken bones and Fuck cuts each other and scrapes <laughs> and just completely messed up. <laughs> I know. Okay. So, like, because it takes her a while to tell this story. Yeah. And while she just kept calling them the Scar Squad, I was like, oh my God. And I was kind of rolling yeah. myself. Like, this is so corny. But then they told mm-hmm. she told it. And I was like, that's cute. That is cute. And I was like, yeah. my little asshole adult brain. I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta check myself sometimes. I know. I'm too judgmental. I'm so judgmental. <laughs> <Not good. laughs> um, but that's how they kind of became best friends as um they all had to kind of sit out of PE because they were injured and <laughs> they got it's to talk fun. more. It's a really fun little origin story. It yeah. is. It's really they talk about the picture that they had. They're all sitting on a curb, just like battered and bruised. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. Wish we had a picture. I know. <laughs> Should we make one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after we do some grass wars and beat each other right. up <laughs> like we Ashley and I used to be the dumbest teenagers ever and just uh, throw each other yeah. down on the ground there's just battle uh we also then <laughs> learn that Frankie is an army brat that was 
fun little sounds familiar representation there too. Um, so that's why she lives with her aunt and used to live with her grandma. Then we get a lot of very sweet moments between all the family members at Nona's house. Um, their parents are deadheads mm-hmm. and named Casey Jones after the song. I don't I don't know the song, but apparently no. it's about a coked out train engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom <Mama> and Dad. <laughs> There's that. And Sammy is short for Samson from the song Samson and Delilah, which I thought it was very interesting that... So, I mean, obviously, like, Samson and Delilah is also, like, a biblical thing. But she mentions that she's glad that she wasn't named Delilah because someone may be, like, well-versed in the Grateful Dead discography and ask, like, who Samson was. But, like, she didn't think that anyone would just say that from it just being a Bible thing. I thought that was weird. I was retelling that little passage to write yeah the song i'm like just i was like fucked up like i was my uh, mood was all over the place after i read this mm-hmm. especially because we didn't talk about it right away so i couldn't just shove it out of my mind <laughs> so i've just, just been thinking there. about this for like an, a week and a half now and yeah. i told them about that uh because she talks about how like her parents didn't name name them because they didn't want somebody always asking her yeah. where her Samson was. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I'm glad because I would all, I'd have to explain it for the rest of my life. And right. that's another thing. Oh, I was now yeah. I can say it now without crying, but I was yeah. blubbering while yeah. telling him. That. I know that was, that was, oh, rough. It was rough. good on her parents for, for thinking of that and not always having to be someone's and as, as oh, Casey yeah. puts it. Nona and Casey are cooking together and Casey tells her about the predicament she's in and Nona (laughs) understands and tells her about another boy that she was in love with when she was a teenager and she was like dating him at the same time as dating the grandpa. Um, And then she suggests that she (laughs) should tell both of them. And then she tells her to Google polyamorous that could be a good solution for her. I loved that so much. Me too. But I was like trying to imagine my grandmother say that to me. And I was like, I know. I don't know if my grandma knows what polyamory is. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, it seems like this person, I mean, this grandma just learned it. <laughs> yeah. Actually telling her to Google. Hey, it. maybe she went on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I liked I liked a lot how understanding her family is like her mm-hmm. entire family is very understanding of lots of things I loved Nona so freaking yeah. much oh my gosh like so gold good. star grandma yes also then we learned that Casey has been hospitalized for her panic attacks and that's a very refreshing take on inpatient psychiatric care. Also, um, she says the hospital is not a bad place. Um, the doctors I've had really care. So that was, that was nice to see, um, you know, just being talked about in a positive light. She didn't really compare it to like being, I would say like physically sick, mm-hmm. but like th- that's what it kind of like made me think of like how you, t- you would go to the hospital to yeah. take care of 
like an illness or a broken right. bone. So like, it's yeah. not a bad thing to go to the hospital to take care of your mental health as well. Exactly. Yeah. It was said in like a very matter of fact, like, mm-hmm. you know, this was happening. So I, I went and got it treated and yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Very introspective. Yeah. And I was thinking that is probably as far into the story as we should go. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add. I could just say that then she decides to tell both of them that she likes them and yeah. wants to have a relationship with both of them. And that's where we'll end it. Cause I think that's a good place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> Which made me go, Oh my God, this girl, <laughs> like oh, man. Oh, the confidence. I would never I know, man. I no, never. I would, I would never tell either one. <laughs> I would take it to my grave. Yeah. 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 Same. <laughs> oh my god. Very funny. But hijinks and Sue. Yeah. I kind of like that. <laughs> I did too. I will say that I that this is not a thruple situation and I'm not gonna say what no. happens, but I was so interested because I'm a girly who loves a thruple story. Yeah. Like, okay, so the new, the reboot of uh, Gossip Girl was trash, absolute garbage. Mm. But there's a thruple uh, <laughs> storyline between two boys and a girl. And I hung on till the very end because I wanted to watch it. I was like, <laughs> I love these three together yeah. so much. Oh my God. <laughs> Especially because, like, the boys, the, okay, like, sorry. The boys are bisexual, so it's ah. like a, it's it's a true, yeah, true throuple situations. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And this one is wouldn't bad. be because but, um, Frankie is a lesbian, yeah. but but yeah. I, I just I appreciated that. I was like, cool. Yeah, like this. <laughs> I do. I do like that. It is shown as two two male characters and one female, <laughs> rather than yeah. My favorite kind mm. of erotica, okay. <laughs> Do- yeah. There are things I keep off my Goodreads <laughs> that I don't want my grandma to see, okay? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so you're yeah. telling me you reached your goal and <laughs> I'm just... reading goal for last No, there are, they are not easy stories to find, okay? So... <laughs> There's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of them. <laughs> I've heard that that's called a uh, sword crossing hmm. <laughs> because there are okay <laughs> because there's, okay there's like okay reverse harems which are one woman and multiple men yeah but they're usually like all the men separately kind of oh, okay. orbit around this woman so you have yeah. to find the reverse harem sword crossing I <laughs> have an ex. <laughs> That's their, that's their swords crossing. That's their swords crossing. So, oh, I'm getting sweaty talking about this. We gotta move. We gotta move. On. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, shall we talk about some themes from yes. the story? Absolutely. So, I think, of course, is the main one would be loss and grief. Um, and like we were saying, just kind of the guilt that comes with moving on with your life or like picturing yourself in the future, um, just like feeling 
starting to feel better and to like heal from that also doesn't feel good. You feel like you shouldn't be because you feel like you're like forgetting about the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're rough. I just realized I was just looking at my notes that I literally stopped like in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's this quote kind of that has to do with that about like forgetting and grief and losing someone and yeah maybe that's one of the ways we lose our history even the good bits maybe sometimes it is just too painful to keep remembering so we choose to forget and the world forgets with us in solidarity i loved that too yeah oh my god yeah this is so beautifully written like this is it It is the prose is absolutely gorgeous i love it Mm -hmm. so much yeah so she talks about how she burns each of her diaries and yeah. it like kind of killed me. <laughs> I, I know. Like, oh, keep them. They're so beautifully written. <laughs> yeah. Aww. I understand why she does it, but right. um... it just is kind of a release. And she also talks about how she thinks like it could find it. Like if she burns yeah. it, like the ashes and things could find him. <laughs> And they all do it, like her parents burn letters. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. not everyone writes a journal, but I think that they write like letters Letters to to help her too. Yeah. Like in in solidarity with her. So she's not the only one, but also they have things to say to him too, of course. Yeah. That's another thing is that she talks about how much her, her best friends who were Sammy's best friends had to kind of hold her up this entire time and she for so long couldn't even begin to think about helping them through their loss because like Mm -hmm. it was just too much and like they're very they are very very understanding about it Mm -hmm. like they are like to the point where I was kind of like there's no conflict here yeah but but they're very understanding about it but it, it it's something that just shows how much I don't know something like a a tragic death like that really just hurts so many Mm -hmm. different people in all these different ways Mm -hmm. um and this one was so personal because she's her like the closest person to right sammy um and i i can't like i can't imagine like (laughs) oh my god i know that that made the story just like that much (laughs) more tragic to me yeah yeah and she does talk about like like she was affected so much by it, but she talks about the ways the other people were too. And she talks about how like her mom used to be so full of life and how she's just not anymore. And she can't like, she talks about how her mom is basically just like waiting almost for Casey to leave and go off to college or whatever she's going to do so that she can stop pretending like everything's okay and like yeah. trying to keep it together for for Casey and ugh, and her dad oh the scene with I'm crying <laughs> the scene <laughs> with her dad at her grandfather's grave because oh, this is the second yeah. bit like they had another huge yeah. loss in their lives because mm-hmm. this is a very close-knit family yeah uh, absolutely. and how like the grandpa stuff kind of just like brought all of this back around mm-hmm. and how she and her dad just like have this moment of just like yeah. such intense like pouring out of their feelings uh-huh. that they've never had before yeah. I I loved that I loved the because there was that and it was so contrasted to the other because we didn't like get a lot of her parents but what we did get was so powerful mm-hmm. but it was very contrasted with the other scene we get of her dad who is playing 
the Grateful Dead and trying to get <laughs> yeah. Casey to sing along with her. Yeah. And it's so sweet. And then there's this mm -hmm. other moment where it's like, but we share that, but we also share right. this thing that like totally blew up our lives. Yeah. That nobody should have to share. Yeah. And then we also get like these really cute moments between her parents where they're like, flirty and cute with each other yeah i i, I loved love the the too. family aspect of this a lot yeah just like healthy relationship oh my god <laughs> i i i don't what <laughs> the communication wow wow but even and it, but it's not perfect because obviously she's hiding yeah. things from her parents like a lot of things from her parents and her friends so like in mm -hmm. that it isn't a perfect Thing and like and even that it's like I she feels so much more guilt because she hides all of these things too yeah right true also I didn't even mention but like kind of sprinkled throughout the journal is these poems oh, and the yeah. poems were beautiful beautiful too yeah I wonder if she's a she was a poet by like first I think she must have had to have been because even the uh like even the way this is written it's very like it's very flowy it's very poetic. Like, very poetic <laughs> i was trying to think of another word because i just kept saying poet <laughs> and poem yeah. let me i need to find this i'm not gonna read the whole poem but this one ninety thousand pounds and i'm still the heaviest thing in the sky that one was like really powerful <laughs> i thought yeah <laughs> she talks about being on the airplane when they're going for the funeral and um she talks about like this extra piece of cloth talking about like a seatbelt extender um and how everyone is like staring at her because of it oh, and i didn't oh my... <laughs> yeah i didn't catch because i <laughs> i couldn't see i couldn't look see into my it any further yeah. eyes <laughs> yeah no i it took me a second to, to put it together um, but yeah, that's, that's what she's talking about. And she says 90,000 pounds flying between clouds of light, air and water. And somehow I'm still the heaviest thing in the sky, a metal bird built of dreams and imagination. Yet sometimes I'm the most unbelievable part of the experience. It's like that there could be this person existing. <laughs> it's just unbelievable for people. Um, anything else about that part? The um, and loss? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of because I mean the yeah. book is just about that is loss, right. so yeah, for sure. Anything else to add? Um, okay, yeah. so I was kind of comparing the themes of this book to Go Ask Alice, just to yeah. be like, oh, I wonder like if there's any similarities. Which I mean, we'll talk more about that. But the things that I compared was like the loneliness, like, and her loneliness isn't grief because. Mm -hmm. Casey has friends and she has this great family and like all this yeah. stuff. So like that's where her loneliness is. Um, but I thought mm -hmm. that that was a good theme throughout and um, the girlhood with the sexuality and how she talks about her own yeah. sexuality, which is right. He embraces her sexuality, obviously. It's just like just thinking about how awfully it was shown in Go Ask Alice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like totally like literally decades and decades apart so like yeah and just like her identity who she is and how Casey has to kind of figure out who she is apart from her brother and the mm -hmm. most interesting thing I kind of found a, like about it was that 
it's not just that she like that he died, but she also finds out things about him, how he kind of wanted to move off to New York City as well after graduation and all these things that would have separated them, even Mm -hmm. if he hadn't have passed. Yeah. So she's just kind of coming to terms with like who she is as life is unfolding, but also how it would have been even if things had been different. Yeah. Kind of just thinking about who she is as her own individual outside of him. Yeah. In either situation. Also, just like the mental health and addiction is just yeah, so much different and better. Yeah, um, I. You should we just go into the comparisons now? Yeah, <laughs> they kind of tie into each other, right? Yeah. Okay. So the one that the the biggest moment to me was when they did acid. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. I know. Yeah, because it's like the same. Like they talk. Like it's the same situation. It's like this group mm-hmm. of friends like doing acid together but just the way that it's talked about is completely different okay so it's it's different for like several reasons like first of all like yes there's a lot about addiction but there is a lot of moments where they just talk about drinking or smoking weed and it's not this catastrophic thing yeah at all right so that's that's very different (laughs) yeah um but another is that like casey is a willing participant in her own story Mm-hmm. she takes her like she does she puts herself in these situations she does the, like she makes decisions for herself mm-hmm. she just she lives she's living her life in a way that alice just didn't yeah everything happened to her and right. that's why like i think that's a big reason why we found this that book to be so frustrating is because like mm-hmm. it is so hard to read about someone who just like falls into things and things just happen to and otherwise they'd be a perfect little angel exactly Casey yeah. is not she no. she makes a lot of mistakes She's she like a real person yeah she she feels a whole and mm-hmm. I just uh it's just, it was so different <laughs> yeah yeah that is a good point that there is talk of just like like smoking weed and whatever and it's just fine <laughs> like it's not not yeah. everyone dying like there is a death but it's not like everything is going to go wrong because you're doing these things or yeah it's not just a catastrophe for every situation <laughs> exactly um yeah i i just i really like that she was i don't know she it's so funny because they're both diaries but only yeah. one of the diaries feels like it's actually in the mind of a teenager because, well, <laughs> uh, but they're both written by adults. So whatever, yeah. Beatrice Sparks. Right. I'm still really angry about Go Ask Alice. It's so bad. It's so bad to be like portrayed as a real diary. Is ugh, I hate it. So I only read like half of the Unmask Alice book and I've just like been trying to finish it once again. And the more and more yeah. I get to, I'm like, that little bitch that bitch and then it just makes me more angry about the character of alice and like what could have been and how like reading this i'm just like this is what that should have been and i would have believed that this was by a teenage girl it still would not have been ethical to present it as such right yeah but this is believable because like she's she's not just like whoa all of a sudden i'm at a drug rally right yes and like she she doesn't just go to a party and get slipped 
LSD or whatever. Button, button, who's got the button? God. Um, yeah, and this book is so much more tragic and so much more like mm-hmm. thoughtful and like it's so interesting because of the way that they at the end of Go Ask Alice, they were like, you know what's not important of, is how Alice died, but it is important that lots of lots of teenagers die from doing drugs. Right. And this it was yeah. like, yeah, lots of people die from doing drugs. But you know what is this like really sad is that like this particular this person died person. and it has all these ripple effects on all of these mm-hmm. different people. And this instead of being like, well, all these people died. So don't just feel bad for Alice. It's like, hey, feel right. bad for Sammy and his family, Casey, and just all of the people like them. Like mm-hmm. what Go Ask Alice doesn't do is ask you to empathize. <laughs> with other people yeah it no tells not you at all that you shouldn't basically <laughs> yeah it's trying to tell you a lesson instead of being like hey like think about this drug crisis we have in our country and how mm-hmm. like how sad and like these people are individual people with their own lives and how much like hearts have been broken because of these <laughs> these really shitty drug laws especially that mm-hmm. a little yeah. a little boy named nixon once put into place um so yeah so it's just like so different because like one's asking you to like empathize and like really get into the heart of like the loss and like what the drugs like mean to people Mm -hmm. and one is telling you like look at all this wild shit that this girl did that's gonna be you if you don't shape the fuck up right exactly yeah there were so many just tiny little passages in this book where it was like like with her own like struggle with using the pills and stuff where she's like, you know, I can, I can see how he got caught up in this and like, Mm -hmm. you know, just talking about how it's such a small insignificant thing, but it causes all these huge um, consequences or whatever, but not in a way to say like everyone who uses this is awful and is going to die. Just like, like this is something that should be addressed and it actually starts to like go into why people may be using and like you know it does actually address that like mental health is a concern and like it's yeah it's so far beyond the last book is literally propaganda to tell people why they should hate hippies and and people of color (laughs) yeah and like why they should be arrested and this book Mm -hmm. is like hey, all those drug laws that we put into place all these years ago have really caused this effect. And it doesn't even go into drug. It doesn't even go into all that. But it's like, yeah. as a society, look at what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And in that, we can zoom in on one family and one boy that this happened to. But we can understand that this happens to more than him. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's where this book really wins <laughs> over mm-hmm. Ghost Alice. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It just tells you, like, mm, Alice ain't shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but actually, Alice was perfect because she only started doing drugs accidentally. Yeah. She would She's never like, have chosen to. Whoa, whoa acid. <laughs> literally oh, stumbled so... into it. So. Oh, my God. I yeah. Can't. And, like, I know that we're we're comparing these because we want to see, like, how the genre has really like evolved and changed and like this is so big like sometimes we're like oh there's these like little things that we liked and like that how it's changed um in good ways and this one's like a huge way 
because the way that we talk yeah. about drugs is just so much different and like should keep we should keep on talking right. about it it's... in this different way mm-hmm. but this is what happens when you get a real writer to write a book that like is actually touching and like actually pulls at your heartstrings instead of yeah. um, literally putting a book out because you know it's going to shock and appall people right yeah just for the shock value I really also like it's the narrative is changing but there is still so much like shame and blame put on people who use substances yeah um and I but I really liked that in this there was Casey herself was saying like you know you really suck for doing this I'm really mad at you and all that but it was never like saying like it was his fault Sammy's Mm -hmm. fault that this happened and it was always like you know what what could have been going on that you felt like you needed to escape you know it's like just such a different viewpoint of it it asked the question of why this happens instead of saying this just shouldn't happen yeah yeah and it wasn't blaming him it wasn't like you you messed up by taking these drugs it was like wow, you must have really been struggling and it sucks that you had to like turn to this as what you thought was the only option, the only solution. So yeah, that's a, that's huge. Like that's a really huge thing. And that's something I didn't really think about, but yeah, the why is really what gets to the bottom of, you know, people who struggle with mm-hmm. addiction. Working in like mental health, like obviously I see a lot of people who have substance use disorders and mm-hmm. you know but there's still like the concept of dual diagnosis they call it there's like dual diagnosis programs which is like people who have a mental health diagnosis and also substance use but it's like there really aren't <laughs> there really aren't people who just are yes there are people that like use substances for fun like just once in a while whatever yeah. but to be like in such addiction with it and to get to such a low place like there is something else going on like it doesn't like that doesn't just like happen like it's so not substance use disorder is always paired with something else pretty like, much they go, yeah. like hand in hand yeah so just the concept of like dual diagnosis like it's it's all like one thing it's the way that someone is coping with how yeah. they're struggling it's not definitely healthy, of course no <laughs> but, you know it's, it's the way that they've found to try to feel better things i'll never say as a book just really gets to the heart of how like how sad and like how awful this is to have to mourn someone who has died from an overdose and (laughs) and gus alice says oh uh, her parents came back from movie and she died um not gonna tell you what of (laughs) not gonna tell you why we're not gonna we're just we're gonna be like "Mm, she died but that doesn't even matter because other people died too what what kind of ending is that (laughs) i don't know i was like i was so shocked by that i could not believe that that was how the book ended the funny thing is as like a child i did not think twice no i was just like like, oh my god i don't know why yeah, like I think that like it was shocking that she died after like she had like been clean or whatever, and I think yeah. that I didn't. I probably the the last part of that didn't even sink in for me. Yeah, like they're like right. but who cares because she's just <laughs> right. one of many. Gives a shit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's, that's, 
Nixon's like <laughs> editing this book, like he did actually <laughs> magazine being like, but who gives a shit? She's just like right. <laughs> she's just a dirty hippie who wanted to. Yeah, I'm glad she died. <laughs> so yeah, so the empathy wow. is really where it's at here. Like that's yeah. the number one difference. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anything else <laughs> with uh, <laughs> comparison? I don't think. <laughs> I could, I mean, honestly, I could sit here all day and like, be oh my like God. well, this and this and this and like, fuck yeah. you, Beatrice Sparks, because like, right. I truly believe that she, she was an awful person for doing this. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. However, I like, I've literally, that's the only thing I've been talking about for a month <laughs> now. So I need to stop and like get on with my life. Right. To anyone who listens, don't, I'm just like. Don't feel guilty for moving on after Thank you. To anyone who listens, I'm like, have you heard of Beecher Sparks? And did you think that Ask Alice is a uh, nonfiction? Because you're wrong. Well, it's not. And I'll tell you exactly why. Yeah. And everyone's like, I don't know. I don't care. Like, I've I don't never know heard of this is- book. I don't know what you're talking about. We were going to talk about um, if we felt like it being a diary or journal format benefited or um, hindered the, the book, the storytelling. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the reason I kind of like thought of this question is because overall, I was just like, okay, this is a book that's that is so good because it's yeah. a diary. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, go ask Alice. Since we didn't answer this question on the last one, um, literally, it's only written in a diary form so that they could trick people. Because there's no yeah. benefit to it being written no. like that. There's nothing that um, the format says about it that like we mm-hmm. wouldn't have learned from a first person or even third person narrative. However, right. this book, like the very way, the very format is like woven throughout where like the reason she writes is because she's writing to her brother and then she <laughs> sets it on fire. Yeah. So the fact that it's like woven into it, mm-hmm. and I think that this... It benef- I, I would say that this is beneficial for this to be a diary written book. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think that it really added to it for for that reason because it you know it could have been just first person and then she would talk about how she journals and then burns it, but I don't think it would feel as meaningful or like Personal. have as much of an impact. Yeah, and also like just the the way that her like emotions and feelings are portrayed and because it is a journal it was like kind of like scattered disorganized and I think that with it being just in like chronological order wouldn't have been as good (laughs) yeah I think that the the way that the grief is presented works because of the diary because if she were just to be like oh then I'm sad again and then I'm sad again instead of being like all of these little moments that come together that like tell about their her life but also the grief I think that Mm -hmm. I don't think that this would have worked in a different format and I think that this is a really well-written book yeah yeah that that's a good point because like grief is so like it doesn't just go in the stages in order and then you're done kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, you can bounce between them and go back and forth, whatever. And 
with it being this way, it is so much easier to show that like changing of, of emotions and mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's true. I think of course, like there were some things where it's like, how do you remember all that? Like, you know, yeah. like just yeah. things like, why would you be telling this to your brother who is there kind of thing? But yeah. Um, and it's like, it, yeah. that's the confines of the story. You have to, yeah, it this, was necessary. Yeah. That's yeah. That's why like, I, I think like a real diary, um, maybe just wouldn't from teenage person was, wouldn't be very interesting to read actually. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Cause you're like, what? Is it? <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, I think I think this was this was such a good book. Yeah, uh, don't let my many buckets of tears uh, that I've told you about. Yeah, put you off from reading it. It is a book that I think is important and beautiful, mm-hmm. and I think that it's a book that should be like one of the books that they teach in school. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I agree. I just wanted to say this quote too. I just loved this. She says, I used to live in daydreams. Now I live in nightmares. It would be nice if I could just wake up and start living again. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. I just, like that just like summarizes how she's feeling. I think. Yeah. But how That's you beautiful. feel after a loss like that. Oh, yeah. This one hit me hard. Yeah, definitely. Rough stuff. Uh well we got some connections to Ooh. our our pals our Taylor pal. and Reagan <laughs> Taylor um, and Ronnie <laughs> I only want to be friends with one of those people oh true <laughs> our, I mean, our enemy maybe, maybe and our neither friend. to be fair <laughs> <laughs> you know? I would love I would be like a short dumpy friend in the middle of all those leggy beautiful oh blondes and then yes. it'd be me and I'm just like hi. <laughs> and, like the camera has to like pan down because I'm like half of the height of it. Yeah. <laughs> like in Degrassi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that was just a weird little thing. Um, so this was actually published by Peachtree Publishing, but um it's under the parent company Trustbridge Google. Global media, apparently. I looked this up because when I like copy and paste something from Kindle, it like throws in the um what do you call Sword, it? The, like the citation. Like yeah, the citation, yeah. Um, but for some reason it kept saying Holiday House publishing. And I was like, what? Um, and then I tried to find that in the book itself and it was just Peach Tree. So I looked it up and Holiday House Publishing is under that parent company. But I just thought that was weird, like Holiday House, you know, obviously Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but why was it coming up as that? It's not even no, right. It's so weird. <laughs> not even anywhere in the book itself. Strange. Don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um the song that I thought for this one is This Is Me Trying. <gasps> oh, that's a really good one. Beautiful song. Um but she's writing about how she skipped the last month and is trying to get back into journaling. And she says, there's a lot to say right now and it's hard to find the words, but I'm trying. Like it's like literally almost the words from the song yeah. um, where she says, maybe I don't quite know what to say, but I'm here in your doorway. I just wanted to know if this is me trying. That's a good one. Yeah. 
I agree. And I did. Yeah, that sign just with addiction and, and yeah, health. yeah, that's a great song. And another one, <laughs> "Forever Winter," which man, I I think that's like her saddest song, honestly. Girly, <laughs> yeah, getting into the weeds. Yeah, I know. But kind of seeing that someone's struggling but not being able to really like understand how much and like yeah. wishing you would have done more but realizing that you couldn't have really done anything you know <laughs> yeah that's yeah that because she's always like asking like like why like why didn't I see this or like what were mm-hmm. you doing what was going on and I'll just never know because I didn't ask you but like you weren't right letting me in and probably wouldn't tell me anyway yeah and, yeah oh yeah that's beautiful yeah. Any uh, any Reagan connections? <laughs> I, oh, I, I didn't mean, have any. No, I mean just the cons. I he bolstered the drug. shitty drug war shit that Nixon his his best friend Nixon put in before. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't have a source on that. I don't actually know if they were friends, but <laughs> <laughs> probably. <Sorry. laughs> um, but yeah, I just um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just so shitty the way that we talk and act on and like the way that people talk about addiction, about others who are addicted as if like Mm -hmm. it couldn't they're like, oh, they're, you know, like the way that even Alice and Go Ask Alice would talk about like, I'm not one of those, you know, like, right, whatever, like dirty, gross hippies that do drugs. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Casey Jones. Which she talks about, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Casey yeah. Jones, also, which I didn't even put together. Oh, I, didn't I did. I was that. like, wait. <laughs> I had forgotten that there was a Casey Jones in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But the other day, <laughs> Matt was like humming the bridge of the song Lover, which I know, weird. He is now into Taylor Swift, also. But <laughs> of course, he could not live in your house and not also be a Swiftie right. at this point. I know, yes. Um, but I thought that he was singing the, from the, I don't know if it's late eighties, early nineties, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. The go Ninja. Go Ninja. Thought, yes, go, yes, Ninja. go Ninja. Go Ninja. Does that have to be like, Cause it's the, yes. <laughs> yes. Cause he was like, cause it's like, ladies and gentlemen, please, please say, and it's like, it's like the same thing. Taylor, answer oh for your crimes. Great. <laughs> also, if you have not watched that, that clip, go to YouTube immediately. The clip. Of the, the sorry, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh. vanilla ice wrap. Oh go immediately and watch it because it is one of my favorite things to watch. It's oh disgusting. I gotta like, watch those, that whole movie. Those turtles actually make me feel a little nauseous. They are gross <laughs> looking. But it's yeah. really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Yes. I just, I really love, like, I mean, that's obviously something that a lot of people talk about, like, all the time. But I really love yeah. these, like, little 80s and 90s uh, forgotten musical moments. Like, right. uh, like, oh my gosh, one of my favorite music videos ever is the uh, Never Ending Story by Limdahl. Oh. Like, that is such a good music video. They're just like yeah. in a smoky like warehouse. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I love those like little 
forgotten musical hits yes. they just like they they please me they're just like such a so from good. a different world i feel like yeah yeah because everything now is like just so grand Produced. yeah 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 it does it's like definitely it's, like, different gritty but <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. it is <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah i think that's, that's it. That's pretty much all I had to say. Yeah. yeah um, that's really funny about Lover and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, that makes me <laughs> really happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So next week, we are scooting into some more fun fare with uh, yes. some, I would say it's middle grade fiction. It's probably not said as that, like back in, when it was published. It was probably, oh, yeah. you know what? It was probably published as juvenile fiction. Remember when that uh. was a thing? Yeah. Um, but we are reading P.S. Longer Letter Later by Paula Danziger and our girl Anna Martin, who wrote a Babysitter's Club. Yes. Um, and it's it's a letters between two best friends who move away. And it's Aww. I I remember it being one of my favorite books because of yeah. the letters and stuff, and it's very cute. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a nice change of course from yeah. all this really heavy stuff. A more lighthearted. And I don't I probably won't have anything to yell about with that one. Yeah. Um oh. so <laughs> man, I'll be like, and M. Martin, you bitch. <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh follow us on Instagram at to all the YA and rate and review wherever you listening you listening, you are listening <laughs> to this podcast and tell us actually what should people tell us. I think they should tell us what coping skills they use because I thought this like representation of journaling as like a coping skill was Love great. That. And you know, let's share what works. We need to for get us. into that again. I know. Yeah. Um, you can find all of uh, our sources and more at our website, which is linked in the episode notes. And Ashley got the information uh, that she talked about Cassandra Newbound from Fuse Literary uh, and Cassandra Newbound's Instagram page at Cass Catalano Newbold and the Amazon page for Everybody Shy. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Let's uh, let's leave now. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye.